It's July 19th, 2020, and welcome to episode 40 of the Baby Metal Podcast. We gather in the podcast Discord server on alternate weeks to discuss news and thoughts on the past and future products of Baby Metal. We invite you to join us, whether you're a longtime fan or have only just arrived. I am Paul, and I am joined by Kevin. Hello, welcome back. And Garrett. Hey, everyone. And Callie. Hello. All right. We are now continuing our discussion of uh, Headbanger. This this episode, we're going to actually do kind of like a, a deep dive into the song and all the stuff that, that sort of surrounds it. Last time we talked a little bit about the Rock McCann benefit plan thing, uh, but and that sort of relates to Headbanger, but we didn't actually get into Headbanger. So, uh, so that's what we'll do this time. Uh, and then uh, there's actually some recent news that has happened as well. So maybe we can start with talking about that and uh, move on to the rest. So uh, let's see. There's a, a fair amount of news that kind of relates to Legend Metal Galaxy. So uh, Legend Metal Galaxy Day One is has been announced to be available on Apple Music and iTunes uh, starting September 9th when the physical Legend Metal Galaxy will be available. Uh, and then I think they're in advance. They're providing brand new day and headbanger from that. Yeah, I think those are releasing only in Japan too, right? I think so. I think they're actually. I think they they should be available now. Uh, I I haven't actually checked on the, in on that, but but I haven't seen them in my iTunes. Right. <laughs> but headbanger. That's you know sort of topical. <laughs> I don't actually know if it's Apple only, but I think it's Apple only, and I think it's Japan only. Does anyone know otherwise? I don't know otherwise, but that makes sense. It's, no. It was tweeted out in Japan and Japanese, and it seems like it only appeals to the, to Japanese and Apple. Yeah, yeah, I have no information to the contrary, and I was under the impression that it's Japan only right now. Okay, but that's good. I mean, you know, it, it seems like they're they're pushing this a little bit. Uh, the other the other sort of maybe sort of more substantial thing is that they uh, announced the store bonuses for Legend Metal Galaxy. So um, before it had been basically just, I think, pre-order from Osmart. Uh, and, well, I don't know if you could, maybe maybe not, actually. Maybe you were able to buy them from the stores, but now we know what the stores will provide. So, um, and I think this was actually only, I may have only been tweeted by Toys Factory, not by Babe Metal itself, but uh, at any rate, they, they have um, announced that there's, let's see, the Osmart has a A5-sized clear file, Amazon Japan has a ticket holder, um, I think the B3 sized poster comes with everything. The Toys Factory store itself has uh, postcards, and then I think any other store has uh, a different postcard. Yay. Hope you're not a completionist. Yeah, although, I mean, they, they've <laughs> done, they have done this a lot, yeah. uh, like with all these things, and I have at times picked you know, the, a particular store in order to get something from that store. So I would get the thing. I'm not sure about this. I haven't yet bought the, the CDs, the audio CDs. So it's possible that I could get one of these things, but I don't know what I would get. I think probably the clear file just because they're big. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have more use for it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I, although I have a couple of these clear files somewhere, uh, but they just sit on my shelf. Right. So Yeah. Too nice to use. Yeah. I think I would want the ticket holder. I think it ha that has the cover design on it. Right? Yeah. Plus, it's a way to preserve your ticket. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, okay. <laughs> I guess only one of us really actually uh, has need of that, but that's true. <laughs> to use it for its intended purpose. Yeah. So I guess that's Amazon Japan that you would need to order from. Yeah. The other, the other sort of part of this, which is, I guess, hilarious... <laughs> Um, is that, uh, well, okay. So first of all, uh, the one sets do not come with any of this stuff. So the Osmart bonuses are for, you know, future orders or, you know, non the one orders. I think maybe if you pre-ordered already a non the one set, you would get the, the clear file, but none of this stuff comes with the one. Right. So, uh, if you are a person who would have bought the, the one set, then, uh, you have to continue to buy things, <laughs> but, um, so they have this lottery, uh, which is, it's almost, it's almost like, you know, if you could in, invent the, the most sort of ridiculous way <laughs> to make people buy stuff, um, this would probably be something like what they actually did. The, the crazy thing about the, 
Legend Metal Galaxy release is that they also have uh, announced a lottery for a hundred original cushions, baby metal original cushions. <laughs> uh, so you can enter this lottery, and the way you enter the lottery is that you get some ticket that you get by buying one of the audio CDs, and you affix it to a postcard that you get by buying one of the Blu-rays or DVDs, and then you mail it. So what? <laughs> the only way to do the only way to to enter the lottery for this cushion, and I think it's basically Japan only. But you have to buy, you need a piece from the audio and a piece from the video in order to enter the lottery, which means that you have to buy both of those. And even though the one set comes with both of those, the one set does not come with any of the stuff you need to enter the lottery. So you need to buy an mm. additional, you know, Blu-ray and an additional uh, audio CD. That seems discouraging to me for buying the one. Oh, well, but of course, the you know, the one is already closed. I mean, you you will have bought it already. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, but I feel like this is one of those features they could have easily included with the one to make it more worthwhile. But, I don't know. It feels like they also kind of made it a direct hassle to if you did buy the one. I don't know. My guess is that they only came up with this idea after, you know, well, recently. After it ended, probably. I mean, I guess they're still producing the the sets, so they they could have put these pieces in with the one. But if you can imagine, like, who who would be most likely to buy these things? <laughs> You. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) for being logical here, (laughs) what I mean is, uh, but yes, exactly. Like the people who bought the one are going to be the ones who are most likely going to go out and also buy the audio and also buy the video. And, um, but I think they will only ship it to a Japan address. So I don't, I assume that they would be willing to send it to Tenso. Your odds are so low. I don't, you might not even need to worry about it. Only a hundred of them. Yeah. I think I'm not going to even bother with this. I mean, I, I might buy the audio CD for the case, but I mean, it's still kind of a lot for the case. Yeah. Uh, or the, well, the case and the clear file, <laughs> I guess. Another thing that was announced was that Brand New Day uh, was played. I think, I think it was basically part of the launch of something called Mukomi Plus um, FM 93 radio, which I think this is like music and comics is what that is kind of an abbreviation for. I don't really know much about that, but it was an announcement that we got over the Twitter feed. But Brand New Day seems to be hitting the radio is kind of what I'm getting out of this. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's pretty suitable. It's, yeah, I think actually that's probably a pretty good radio example for them. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I can't really, what other songs would they be willing to put on the radio off of Metal Galaxy? I mean, I think they, Elevator Girl, I think I've heard for sure. And then... Mm. I, I don't know. I don't know what other ones they would put on the radio. Yeah, I mean, uh, Shanty 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 would probably be a, oh, a yeah. good choice. Mm-hmm. That'd be a strong contender. Or Kagero. I mean, like um, the funny thing, of course, with all of these is that anyone you pick is pretty much like, well, yeah, but that's not very characteristic yeah. of them. Except that's true of all of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing that was kind of kind of related and funny was that uh, Tim Henson of Polyphia tweeted saying, you know. Can all of the fans of, uh, you know, Baby Mellum and Polyphia like lobby to, to get us to be able to play with them? Cause they saw the, the video of Legend Metal Galaxy at Brand New Day and, uh, thought it was pretty impressive. But I also thought it was pretty funny just how much on the outside Polyphia seems to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, after seeing that tweet, I'm not sure how much they actually knew about Baby Metal. Well, just like, I don't know. I mean, they probably recorded their parts more than a year, more than a year ago, right? Mm-hmm. Likely. Yeah. Um, and even then, it was just in the studio, probably talking with Koba, another producer, music people. Via email. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and probably just forgot about it, honestly. Probably. <laughs> I mean, but it's super exciting to see that tweet from Tim, though. that Him reaching out like that and causing more a stir in the communi- between the communities to get us together like that would probably make it happen in the, in the future. I feel like him calling out Baby Metal and saying, we need to do this, we'll probably get it done. One day. Yeah, it could be. That would be cool. Who knows? Yeah, it would be It would be neat. It does kind of feel like there were opportunities when, you know, they were playing in the U.S. and stuff, but... <laughs> oh, for sure. I, I mean, I think we've, uh, we've talked about this before when we talked about Brand New Day itself, but I certainly have the feeling that Brand New Day is... I mean, it's it sounds very much like something Polyphia would write, you know, that that mm-hmm. like I feel like they had more to do with the creation of that song than other of the featured artists mm-hmm. had to do with the creation of theirs. OK, let's move on, I guess. There was a there was a live viewing announced for Legend M in Japan, 
too. That's another bit of news. So, uh, July 31st, 7 p.m. and August 3rd, 7 p.m. And it's part of a, like a larger, um, festival. So it's called Live Viewing Fest Act Call. So I think this is sort of them participating in someone else's thing, uh, again, but that's right. I mean, it's, it's a live streamed show. So not live streamed. It's a streamed show. Do you think there's so much? I don't know. This is an event that you actually yeah. go to, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because they normally like kind of re- re-release like old merch, or maybe they'll do some new ones for this. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. But but I assume that this would be mainly just something you could buy in the venue. So yeah, yeah. I think there are some acts in this festival that are also doing live streams for people who aren't physically there. Uh, Baby Metal is not one of those artists, but there are some that are streaming via Pia live stream. And I think, I think Pia is the same as the Pia in Pia Music Complex or PMC. Mm-hmm. They produce the magazine that has had the interviews that we've talked about before. So I think everybody on this side of the ocean, uh, or at least off the island, <laughs> I guess what I mean, <laughs> is hoping for some kind of stream at some point. Yeah. If they do, I don't know that I'd pay the 2500 yen to watch it. If it's just streaming Legend M, yeah, I mean, like, we can put in the Blu-ray. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> so another another thing that's actually sort of seems like bigger news, and I don't know if I if I completely understand this in its full depth, but um, uh, it's been announced that Ryo Sayashi has uh, something else to do in public. Um, there's apparently there is a vampire themed set of stories, and it is so. I don't fully understand this, but I think it's a series. In my head, I think of this as kind of like the Twilight series, <laughs> you know. Okay. Um, in that, it's kind of like you know, it spans several several stories or whatever. But um, so Rio is playing the lead character Lily in a musical Lilium that is part of this series, and the series is called Shared Trump. But <laughs> so it's very strange it's to see so unlucky. all these Trump tweets from Rio. But <laughs> anyway. Uh, trigger words can catch you out anywhere. Um, but yeah, so, uh, the plan, I guess, is that it's, it's playing in Tokyo, September 20th to October 4th in Osaka, October 14th to October 20th. And some of this stuff will be live streamed. So there will be, um, 10 live stream performances over five days in September and October. That's cool. That's interesting. I don't, it's unclear. Obviously they won't, they don't say anything about what, how this connects to her, uh, you know, sort of participation with baby metal. Uh, there, there was actually a fairly long article where they were talking about, you know, they sort of talked about this in, um, I guess this is in Yahoo News. Uh, and, you know, it basically said, this is great. You know, uh, it's been a long time since we've seen her <laughs> in public. <laughs> it's like, well, no, it actually hasn't. But, uh, but apparently in, in news stories, you don't refer to the participation in baby metal. So we don't have any specific information about whether she will continue to be an Avenger. Uh, it doesn't actually overlap with October 10th and, uh, you know, the, the known obligations that she has, but, mm-hmm. uh, presumably there's a fair amount of, I don't know, rehearsal and stuff that happens between now and then. A lot of people doom and gloom that they'll never see her again as an Avenger. And it could be, that could be. I and, mean, um, and we had much of the same conversation when she opened her Instagram and started, you know, becoming a public figure again. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we can still take these signs in a totally opposite direction and be even more pessimistic and say that no band is probably going to be touring or playing shows for a, probably close to a year, if not more. Yeah. Like, so I imagine like they, if they're keeping her as an adventure, my best guess would be, okay, go do what you want for the next year, year and a half. We'll call you back whenever we can be a band again. But obviously it could be a lot more complex than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that seems reasonable to me. I mean, like if if it, you know, I think we talked about this before, even when Rio opened her Instagram, that it's like, well, okay, we are not going to need you and you need to exist too, you know? <laughs> yeah, you have to have your own career here. So, um, you know, it, it could well be that they basically just said, okay, well, go ahead. We'll, it, like, it might not be final that mm-hmm. they're finished, but there's no particular reason why she can't pursue her own thing. Mm-hmm. So certainly... It's true that the Avengers don't really have much to do outside of the context of an actual concert. So even if Baby Metal does something for the 10th anniversary, if it doesn't involve a performance, then... And actually, the other thing, too, is that uh, this thing that Riho's doing doesn't actually conflict with the announced date, right? So, Right. 
Um, she's doing something October 3rd and 4th, but and 14th, but not 10th. Anyway, okay, I think we made it through the news. The, the part that when someone comes back and listens to this episode a year from now, <laughs> is you know, desperately trying to skip past. Okay, so I, I think now we can jump into the, the actual topic, uh, the, the announced topic of the episode, which is Headbanger, um, the song Headbanger. So uh, there's a bunch of stuff to talk about here. We've t- we've done some of these these kind of like deep dives into songs before, and this is much like those. Um, and there's there's a fair amount to talk about actually with, with respect to Headbanger. Um, last in the previous episode, we talked a little bit about um, the Legend Corset Festival, which is the kind of release event for that. Um, but there's a bunch of other stuff that we can talk about here too. So the video and the members commentary that we have for that, the performances and choreography and lyrics and so forth. So, so I guess I can just start with the introductory notes. The, it was uh, released on July 4th, 2012. Uh, that's Mo's birthday, by the way, on, in 2012. Yep. So, um, Mo Metal or Moa, however you choose to conceive of her, just turned 21 and this song just turned eight. The Headbanger song, it's credited as having, uh, lyrics by Edo Metal and Naka Metal and those people are also responsible for Catch Me If You Can, in the case of Edo Metal. And Naka Metal has actually done quite a few things. So Akatsuki, Doki Doki Morning, Ijime Dame Zetai, Yava, and No Rain No Rainbow. And so the people responsible for Headbanger are responsible for a lot of other things, too. Um, Catch Me If You Can is probably the closest related. So the, the person who did the music was Narasaki who's also responsible for the music in Catch Me If You Can, and uh, Nara Metal was responsible for the arrangement of both. So uh, I didn't know that before looking that up, that uh, Catch Me If You Can was related to Headbanger so closely. And typographically, I I put a note here that um, as far as I can tell, so we had a little bit of a discussion about this on, uh, in, on Discord a little while ago, um, but it seems like typographically, I have yet to find an official source that does not write this as headbanger with five E's, five R's, and five exclamation points at the end. It's it's a little surprising that it's so consistent, but I, I've looked I've looked through all the like the physical objects that I have, uh, and it seems like they they all actually have written it out this way when they write it in English. So I remember not too long after I became a fan, it was the title of the the video on the YouTube channel was spelled differently. And then it reverted back to the five E's, five R's, five exclamation points. Does anybody else remember that? I don't remember that clearly, no, but that does sound like it could have happened. Because I remember that there was, just, I just remember there was much to do in the online community of people talking about this group that the title of the video had changed in spelling. Interesting. So, um, I was not, I did not witness this happening. However, um, Dwayne Metal mentioned something about this, and I think so. If if I understood what he said correctly, then the the thing that it would have switched with is headbang ya. So something that's a little bit more like a direct transliteration mm-hmm. or trans, you know, uh, yeah, I guess transliteration of the Japanese. So in Japanese, it's like headobang ya. Yeah. Uh, um, and for a while, it was spelled G Y A A. I think before it went back. Is that, does that sound like what you saw? No. Or was it something, some different numbers of E's and R's? No, I think it was just headbanger with one E, one R. Oh, interesting. But, you know, this was so long ago, I I honestly don't remember. And I'm sure somebody will come out of the woodwork and correct us in the comment. And please do, because if you remember this, I'd like to remember it correctly. Or at least that I remember uh-huh. it at all. And I'm not just on a fever dream. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, well, Dwayne Metal did mention that there was, there was a, a change to to something else and then back um but yeah in in japanese it's it is uh you know like if you if you read it in the kana it's hedobang ya with two exclamation points and then at least recently anytime i've seen it written it's been in english mm-hmm. headbang e, e five e's five r's five exclamation points very critical that we get this right <laughs> <laughs> but it seems like this is the kind of this is the kind of detail that like you know i don't know you, you kind of want to get right <laughs> Yeah. Somehow, if you want yeah. to be a true fan. Okay. Anyway, so the um, uh, when they released the single, they released it in this limited edition um cardboard box that was de- decorated in kind of a uh, hieroglyphic theme. 
So I think we mentioned this before when we were talking about the release of this, but um, it came with a neck brace and these instructions on how to wear it and a code that lets you get a ticket to the Legend Corset Festival. Um, and it's pretty cool. So have you guys, do you guys either have or have you seen this box? I have seen it. I don't have it. I do not think I've seen it. No, I'm just trying to find it right now, but no, I've never seen it. Yeah, so there's a, a picture of it in the chat now. Oh, I've never seen it. It's actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's a really cool thing. A lot of these things, they kind of look better until you actually have them in your hand, and then they're kind of cheap. Mm. <laughs> 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 but um, it 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 looks very nice. Um, uh, but it but it's you know it's basically just sort of like a cardboard box. It has mm-hmm. there's a um like in the front of it there's this sort of like smoked translucent sheet. Uh, that has that says big metal on it and kind of goes on top, so it, you can kind of see through it into the contents below. Um, I don't really quite understand the Egyptian theme, but no, I've read somewhere. I didn't. I didn't actually go and sort of double check this, but I think you can actually get something out of the the hieroglyphs that are there. I think they they are actually meaningful in some way. Maybe not as hieroglyphs, but uh, I was going to say, who who's, who reads ancient Egyptian? Anybody? <laughs> can we get a translate? <laughs> yeah, but so cool. Is that Sue as a cat? Because <laughs> that's awesome. Looking at it, I'm not sure if it's necessarily even trying to spell anything out. Like the very first line, I see Sue in the middle, and then Yui and Moa on the left and right, and then the rest of it, I don't know. But I don't know anything about Egyptian. Yeah, th- this is one of the weirdest things I think they've put out. It does sort of seem like an experiment in a way. Yeah, and this is very early, of course, too, right? I mean, this is the. I think it was released right before IDZ, right? I mean, you know, so this is while they're still trying to figure out what their direction is going to be. But I had, I had actually, uh, when I was looking into this and then I of course didn't take notes, but I I had actually read that you can get something out of these hieroglyphs. Like it it might actually be in Katakana or something. um, If you, if you can kind of stand far enough away. (laughs) Squint your eyes just right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can kind of see it. Oh, can you read it though? <laughs> I think somewhere we can find it. Um, what what it allegedly says. The the middle line looks like it starts with a he. So maybe it's just Hedobon. Maybe. Uh, anyway, but yeah, so so it's um it's a pretty cool thing though, and the uh, the you know one sort of point about it is that you had to buy this to get to gain access to the Legend Corset Festival. This little you know, hundred and fifty person show <laughs> that they right. had. Um. The okay, so they 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 released it on July fourth, but they announced it on April twenty seventh in twenty twelve. The um, CD has Headbanger and also Uki Uki Midnight, um, and then instrumental versions of the same, so air vocal versions. So if you were looking for that, they do exist. Uh, not you know, not all of their songs have instrumental editions, but a lot of the, some of these earlier ones you can find. Um, the special edition has all the same tracks. I mean, the, the CD is the same, Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, the regular edition actually, in a sense is, uh, is kind of better (laughs) in a way. I mean, like it's not as cool to put on a shelf, but the regular edition was actually an enhanced CD. So it it had, uh, if you put it in your computer, it had QuickTime movies on it. Ooh. That's cool. Which is very funny. (laughs) (laughs) Like this is kind of ancient tech, right? You know, so yeah. uh, somewhere I have a, in in our show notes, I have photos of me running this on a, like an old Mac cube. Oh, I saw those. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean like, so you, if you put it in your, your ancient Mac, then you can bring up this video. And so the contents of these QuickTime videos is basically it's baby metal death, but in this original form. So the original form in case people did not know this, I, this is kind of trivia, I suppose, is uh, it was a one-second video. It was a one-second song. It was supposed to be basically an homage to Napalm Death's You Suffer. Hmm. I think you will have heard this. Uh, well, I don't know. I, maybe not. If you've not heard about this, then maybe you haven't heard it. But it's basically just, you know, like I said, it's like a metal death. That's about it. Right. <laughs> but for like a half second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and the video, of course, is not one second long. The video is this big, long introduction of of a you know, like a, a Koba metal looking person in front of a kind of like a engineering desk, waving the waving the CD around. 
and then they have one second of this video. And then there's like this extended uh, bit afterwards where they're kind of like sitting around reading like the Guinness Book of World Records or something like that, uh, which I assume is supposed to be kind of about like this song being like the shortest song. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, and, and it actually, it comes with, uh, uh, several different languages. So, um, it, which is basically, uh, that video of Koba, um, waving the CD around dubbed in Arabic, Chinese, English, and French, not Japanese, actually. I don't remember even hearing a bunch of talking in that video. Well, it's all, it's all in the intro. It's, you know, it's basically saying like, here's here's this video uh, and you know here's the song and okay. the single or whatever i mean it's this little sales pitch and but you know they basically hand it off to somebody to dub over in all these different languages we don't hear koba's voice on there anywhere because it's not in uh japanese and it's clearly not koba talking in these other languages <laughs> the whole thing is pretty insane yeah so we talked about the legend course of festival last time i think we probably don't need to re-say most of that stuff. Actually, Callie, you weren't here when we talked about it last time, so I don't know if there's anything that you wanted to to kind of like add about any of this. No, um, I I just thought the what was the first song they played for that whole show? Like, I haven't seen the set list. Doki Doki Morning. Oh, okay, okay. I thought it was Headbanger. Was that kind of the start of um, them using like a coffin and that kind of religious kind of thing? Was that kind of the start of it? Yeah, I I. I think it was a start, and I think it was definitely one of the first times I used the coffin. Yeah. I'll get into it a little bit whenever I talk talk about the music video, but they, yeah, that what other what other they use it for? They used it in the in the music video for Headbanger, and then there's well, this whole performance had the had the whole yeah. coffin in the middle. But mm-hmm. I swear it was for something. They used it for something else too. I can't remember. Yeah, I seem to remember actually that there was some story. I can't remember where I read this, but I mean, essentially, like they had this coffin and it was still hanging around. And so they said, well, okay, let's just bring it for the stage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, don't get rid of that. We can use it for something else. I think probably it was used for the music video and they, they failed to throw it away. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, who would want to throw away a perfectly good coffin? Yeah. You never know when you need that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, some fan would buy it. <laughs> yeah. If they print, print a baby metal logo, I'd buy a baby metal coffin. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't I, I, I thought I saw some reference to like you being able to buy something like that for kiss. <laughs> like <laughs> that doesn't surprise was, me either. Although it seems like, um, that would be sort of a sensible Metallica merch item given they, they, I thought they had, they had some album that had actually something like a, uh, magnetic filament, uh, design on it, which I thought was in a sort of coffin shape. Death magnetic. Yeah. yeah. Master of puppets is, is in a straight up graveyard. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But yeah, so so the Legend Course Festival was, you know, it was their first um, sort of solo show, and they played, according to Setlist FM, they played Baby Metal Death, the short version, the one second version. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I find that a little hard to imagine, but I would love to see that. Although, I mean, I suppose it's probably just the recording, really. So everybody in the crowd there was forced to wear the um, neck braces. Would you guys want to go to a show in a neck brace? Yes. No. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'd go to a baby metal show in a neck brace, but I feel like it's a hazard everywhere else. They're, any other show. They're not really a neck brace so much as a object that appears to oh. function and look like a neck brace. Like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't actually support your neck. Ah, okay. Yeah. It's just soft. soft uh, yeah. A, a necklace with extra steps. Yeah. 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 Basically. I mean, all of this is really just kind of like um, mimicking the appearance of something, right? Right. Um, again, I return to my my idea about the big metal concept being basically like what little kids see when they look at metal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I don't think through that lens, much stuff is wrong. <laughs> makes yeah. a lot of sense. Anyway, I think, uh, I don't think that, I, I didn't have anything specific I wanted to say about the Legend Corset Festival, except that um I wish we had more footage. We have only those two songs. Yeah, such a shame. Okay, you guys want to go ahead and jump into the music video? Sure. Yeah, why don't we do that? Okay. Um, shows off, starts off with Sue Metal um, kneeling down on a cushion. Um, I can't confirm or deny that's the cushion people would be entering the lottery for, but <laughs> I mean, if they revealed that to be the cushion, I mean, 
I don't know. Um, anywhere, out of nowhere, a giant Egyptian style. It almost looks like concrete to me. It said in, like, in their commentary about the show that Sue said the box was heavy. So like, yeah. I think it may have been made out of like some kind of like cast or molding, a clay maybe. But inside this big box set levitated in front of her for a few seconds, came out a neck brace. She um, puts the neck brace on, proceeds to get ready for a big show. She puts on all her makeup for the first time, jumps on the bed, etc. And then after that, it's showtime and most of the most of the music videos, them on stage in front of a big coffin with all the half stacks, all the full stacks of guitar amplifiers. During the beginning, whenever she's like on the cushion and everything, there's a bunch of pictures she's looking at. And it's, they call her, they call that guy the um, the god of headbanging. Is that right? I think they call them that in the in the commentary. Yeah, in the commentary yeah, they call yeah, them they that. Did. And my first few times watching the video, like before I actually started studying it to actually learn more about it, like I never even really noticed this guy. But he's in like all the pictures in the bedroom with long hair with the fox hands. And then while they're on stage, he pops out of the coffin and does head bangs. He does his thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much most of the of the music video. It's interesting that you, uh, I mean, you never get to see that guy's face though. Like in all no. the, all the photos, the hair is over the face, and in, oh yeah, when he's actually moving in the video, you only see his hair spinning around. So who I knows? If he if he stood still, it probably went down almost to his knees. Probably was it real hair? Who knows? That's up for debate. <laughs> <laughs> this this like hiding the face of everyone but the performer does seem like a kind of um, it it feels like a fairly Japanese thing, um, right. you know, avoiding pulling focus away from the people that you're supposed to be watching. By showing nobody else's face, you know. I know I've seen that in other acts as well. Mm-hmm. Makes sense if they're if that's what they're going for, but the real fans care. Although in IDZ we did get the you know the sad medalist. <laughs> we saw his face. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What do, you, what do you guys think of this video? I mean, it's it fits the time period. Yeah, it shows its age quite a bit. It's almost ten years old, and looking back, like. If you compared a picture of, of the Yui, Moa, and Sue all together from like 2012, like in this picture with all the makeup and everything, and put them side by side with themselves today, it would be crazy. I mean, you could obviously recognize them, but mm. 10 years, that's crazy. I don't know. I, I kind of go back and forth on this video. I, it's not, it isn't, you know, I, I like the song and all, and I'm glad that uh, they did this and got famous with it and stuff. It's, um, the makeup is so extreme. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is, I think yeah. In, in the commentary, it's, she calls it out as caked on uh, other descriptive words like that. I forget. I'll have to read it again, but thick. I remember her thick. Yeah. Thick. Yeah. Oh, another one, yeah. Thick makeup, fake eyelashes. She complained about them being itchy and everything, but then had to remember during shooting that it's just the fake eyelashes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the video. Um, I like videos that tell a story and isn't just a performance, you know, akin to what we're getting, you know, as, as of late. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is iconic. It, yeah, it might feel a little bit dated now, but you know what doesn't? I mean, it's eight years old as a, as a okay, video. I think I'm onto something here. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think I'm onto something. I'm trying to. I'm cross referencing the photo of the box you guys were talking about with all the Egyptian wording on mm-hmm. it. Faku posted in the chat and everything. The top of the box and headbanger has some very similar shapes on it. Like you can only see like the first two characters on the bottom line, and they look kind of similar. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's supposed to be the same, I think. Yeah, is it? I'd assume so, but I, I, that's a line I never drew until just now. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't know that other box was even a thing until twenty minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that you can still get those. Actually, um, I mean, you know, obviously, no, not from any official source, but uh, given given how limited they must have been, maybe they overproduced them. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why they, you know, do all things pre-order now because they they got stuck with a full warehouse of these <laughs> warehouse of cardboard boxes. The other thing that's kind of funny about that is uh, that video at the end, like at the very end, Sue kind of like collapses on the bed and then they do this really slow, like unbelievably slow pan up to show the moon. <laughs> and it, like, as I see that, I always, I always look at this and think, you know, that really feels like student video. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. film, film school. Film school 101. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the moon is uh, red. What does it mean? <laughs> yeah. 
Oh no, you said slowly pans to the moon and my brain instantly went werewolves. <laughs> yeah. Don't know. Yeah, I mean there are a couple sort of like things that feel a little amateurish about this this uh, attempt. But again, you know, maybe that was what they were going for, you know, like what little kids do with metal concepts. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a there's a commentary too. Like on um the limited edition of the the first album they had the videos with uh some audio commentary where they're just sort of like looking back on the creation of this video. So that was where the the um the box being heavy came from. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if we want to talk about that. Talk about it a little bit. Yui was the one that observed the metals make up a stick. Um uh-huh. hair guy, god of headbanging. I I yeah, he was also an IDZ, not the same guy, but a similar white or similar silhouetted figure long hair head banging i never noticed this i don't know why my my brain just ignores those people (laughs) i get the i kind of get the feeling that they were you know like they were sort of experimenting with possible futures there like you know you you could imagine that the lore kind of could have gone directions that it didn't go Mm -hmm. yeah i guess uh, sue was talking about them jumping on the bed uh and uh Losing, like, kind of, like, I, don't, I don't know if she was getting dizzy or whatever, but she, she kind of like lost herself and fell off. Right. <laughs> she also said that uh, she uh, wore high heels and uh, fell down many times. <laughs> <laughs> kind of talks as if she's. I'm surprised nobody knew. Like, oh, they may, maybe they caught like a single frame of me falling down. Yeah. As far as I know, they didn't. But no, sure. I mean, they've done a pretty good job of hiding all the other times she's fallen down. <laughs> yeah, that could almost be its own episode. Well, like to- <laughs> Trips to the Floor by Sue Metal. Yeah. <laughs> Did we, uh, we must have talked about the, the slippery Tokyo Dome runways at some point. Surely yeah, at I some believe, point. Yeah, we, we have to have. It is it is actually kind of funny when you listen to slash read the commentaries that they notice things that I don't. So they're, they're saying, oh, the choreography is different. And, you know, I don't, it, doesn't look, it looks the same to me. Looks <laughs> just fine. Um, and they were, they were talking about how the, the socks they were wearing were shorter than, like, I guess what they were used to. They didn't go over the knee. And so they had to actually use this, this stuff, which they actually, where they referred to as sock, sock touch. Um, but which is like little glue that kind of like holds it up, mm-hmm. holds their, their socks up. So they didn't, you know, sort of like slide down from all the jumping and running. <laughs> but it's, it's funny, like when you, when you're listening to it and you don't speak Japanese, you know, this kind of jumps out. They say, soccer touch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I don't Maybe we can move on to, since we kind of mentioned the choreography um is i don't know if there's stuff we want to talk about the in the sort of performances and choreography area um yeah i think we can talk about some of that stuff okay uh so this song is is unique in that it's the only song that consistently has a prop on stage Mm -hmm. um if you've been around i'm sure you recognize the prop the uh microphone stand with the um was it it's red silver black kind of spiral Bejewels. It's like gemmed going mm-hmm. up, like they bejeweled a microphone stand. <laughs> it's a funny way to think of it. <laughs> well, I, that's, this is the first thing I think of. And if and if you don't know what a bejewel is, it's like a, a kid's toy that lets you attach gems to all kinds of like clothes and things like that. And I, I don't know why that's always the first thing I think of when I see this thing is they just had fun with one of those toys and decorated a microphone stand. And this this prop's kind of a dead giveaway too. Well, like a lot of the last tour, I think people saw the microphone stand laying out on stage before the set even started. So everybody kind of had a sneaking suspicion they were going to do headbanger. Yeah, it's definitely a dead giveaway when you see it on stage that that song is coming. Mm-hmm. Something else they've done in the past too, um, and still do occasionally, is there. Uh, what do you call that part of a song? Is it breakdown or breakdowns when it gets slow and heavy? There's a bridge that connects parts. There's verses, choruses. Yeah, those are all the words I was thinking of too, but I don't think any of them describe it. Okay. Um, you, you know, the, the middle of the song when when Dwin Su has the microphone up and everybody's bowing. I'd, I'd call that a breakdown. Call it a breakdown. Okay, we'll go with okay. breakdown and a musical. That's I mean, probably not this. accurate. Yeah, Maybe we need a Twitter poll. <laughs> Twitter poll. <laughs> what part? Of, what is this called? Um, I'll make it happen. Anyways, uh, in the past, uh, notable notable performances, um, Mo and Yui will go to 
either ends of the stage with big old smoke cannons. That look, it looks like they shoot out not smoke, but like fire extinguisher material. Um, <laughs> obviously, I don't think it's fire extinguisher material because that stuff's toxic. But that that's kind of the look. Like they shoot out some kind of like dry ice type gas. Maybe, yeah, CO two. I have no idea what that stuff is, and. Maybe somebody who has a stagecraft background can identify that because it's it's a common thing. I've seen it before and they'll kind of, you know, they'll get the crowd going and shoot it, shoot the stuff at the crowd and get everybody all excited and things like that. Mm-hmm. Loon thinks it's dry ice. They could very well be. I have no idea what that stuff is. It can look pretty impressive, though. I, I think it definitely. Um, like dry ice with water and then you put it under pressure and then... If it doesn't blow up, then the tri- pull of the trigger would release a lot of a lot of the gas at the time. <laughs> Should it not so blow up? Ice, <laughs> yeah. I know. So I think I think dry ice would probably very, be a likely candidate for what it was, but they probably spent ten thousand dollars and had a really nice setup that would mm-hmm. not blow up. That might not even been dry ice at all. I would say my impression of baby metal is not that they they spend a lot for luxury stuff. <laughs> it actually seems to me like if you, if you really look closely at the stuff that they have, it really seems kind of like, you know, they've done the minimal amount to make it look good. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, uh, in the, uh, the, what the 2018 tour with the, with the, like the staff getting put together, like sort of stuck together with duct tape and stuff. <laughs> right. Oh, my mind, my mind went to what I want to say legend S, but I think it happened elsewhere too. Whenever like the big moving stage in the middle just stopped working and everybody had to push it. I think that was the forum. Well, maybe yeah, it happened forum, more than once. Yeah. I'll, I'll say legend S because they had people actually out there miming, pulling it my bed. They did. Yeah. Man, yeah. man with a yeah, mission, yeah. special appearance. <laughs> <laughs> but the, um, my favorite, I think smoke cannon one is the um, Big Fox Festival. That the, something about the camera work on that um, mm. it really works super well. They 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 sort of captured that in a very impressive way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. Sometimes I've seen um, you know shots of them doing it at festivals and stuff where it actually looks kind of pathetic, <laughs> you know, because it's just like <laughs> little bits of smoke coming out. Just barely Oof. reaches the crowd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the Big Fox Festival was very good. So. I mean, it, it might actually have been, you know, sort of no more smoke than usual, but the the shots that they put on the Blu-ray make it make it look impressive. Mm-hmm. So the song is about, you know, your night of night of fifteen, turning fifteen, um, discovering metal, things like that. Um, so there've been some notable performances of this song in the past. Uh, in 2014, when Yui and Moa each turned fifteen, um, we got the Yui and Moa headbanger version, and where they each got to sing lead. For their birthdays, mm-hmm. um, for the second half of the song, after the quote unquote breakdown that we just talked about, um, and there's clips of this stuff. Um, there's a couple. There's some fan cams of them, and there's about 16 seconds of official footage that came off of a digest. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- those are kind of the only ways to see them. They're out there. They're on YouTube. We'll put them in the show notes. It's so frustrating that we don't have like proper video of that because even the even the official ones that were on the Blu-ray digest are. Um, they're essentially fan cams. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and they're officially shot and I, I have a hard time thinking that those camera people that were filming that didn't film the whole thing. So, you know, th- this footage I'm sure exists on a shelf somewhere or on a hard drive. Mm-hmm. That would be a fun thing to have in the collection along with uh, the palladium, which was filmed and never released. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, you know, we can almost do a whole episode of speculation on what's what's on Koba's hard drive that has not been released <laughs> right. yet. Yeah. Every once in a while, I think, you know, 10th anniversary is coming up. Maybe there is no better time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we can't have a concert. So just release all that stuff. That, that would certainly make me happy. Just upload the whole thing, Koba. <laughs> all 40 terabytes, all of it. <laughs> just put it all on a Google Drive. You can borrow ours if you need to. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, so those special performances, be, you know, became known as Legend M, Legend Y, um, each for their birthday in 2014. Um, July 3rd for Moa, one day before her birthday, and July 1st for Yui. Um, and this started a trend, right? So more notable performances. Uh, we got this song at Legend S, which was Sue's 20th birthday concert. What made this, I think, really cool and really special and unexpected was. They changed the lyrics or she changed the lyrics from night of 15 to night of 20 for her 20th birthday, which got an excellent crowd response yeah, um, it did. and it's just a really cool moment. 
Uh, that was really fun to watch. You know, in in all of the things surrounding Legend S and the, I don't know the, the the cloud that surrounds that show, this is one of the things that I think is always really special and really neat about that concert. Mm-hmm. The, um, the the hands and the uh, choreography change as well to right. the like the peace sign, which is number two, and then a circle with Moa's hand to show it's two zero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's really cool. And then of course, um, just last year. We got a Moa Banger version at Legend M for her 20th birthday uh, with the same lyric changes. Yay. Mm-hmm. Which, again, is really special. Um, and having a pro shot of Moa Banger is really nice. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, uh, it, it's kind of amazing when you think about just changing changing one lyric and one piece of choreography. It elicits such a reaction and a response from, mm-hmm. from everybody in attendance. And I, I would guess people watching at home, too. Yeah, everybody kind of knew that lyric well enough to recognize the change it it actually it switches um it switches pretty seamlessly too because the mm-hmm. uh, the original lyric is it's it's said in kind of a weird way that's it's basically like one five right um uh you know one five is a night and so ichigo is is one five and uh hatachi is the is like the 20 for ages <laughs> and right. uh, it fits perfectly in that spot mm-hmm. yeah and it, and it it's interesting, you know, talking, I know people who've been to Legend S, you know, they, that was unexpected. And then there was a lot of speculation leading up to Legend M. If they play it, will they, will they play it? Will they do it again? Will she get to sing? Will they change the lyric? Things like that. Uh, so when, when the song first starts, you know, the, the crowd just explodes because they know it's coming now. So it's almost a different kind of excitement, but still very, very neat. Uh-huh. <laughs> it would have been really disappointing if they didn't switch and just Sue just carried on. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They've got to be fairly well in tune with like what the expectations were, too, though. Yeah. I would think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe one other thing to mention that kind of goes in the performances section is this one time. I feel like we just talked about this recently, but anyway, the um, Night of 15 version that they did where um, it was it was sort of like dancing over a mix of the song. Oh, oh yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So I didn't write down where that was, but... Um, Legend 1997 oh, says Loon yeah, in the chat. Right. Yeah. So. It's my favorite show. Good call. That's a very good performance. Because yeah. they played Headbanger twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, the show opened with it, with this sort of uh, mix, mixed version of it. So, uh, but If you haven't heard it, it's, uh, it's, it's Headbanger with like a dubstep remix over it's a, it. Yeah, it's a whole remix. It's, it's, it's basically a different song. Um, a new dance and everything. Yeah, and I'll be, I'll be honest, it's... It, I prefer the original, and I, I don't listen to this one very often. Um, do you guys, What do you guys think of it? I liked it a lot, and I remember whenever I first like kind of found it, I watched it a bunch. But nowadays, it hasn't really been something I I haven't sought it out in a long mm. time. I should probably do that. What about you, Callie? What do you think of that version? I love it. I, I I think it's like equal to the original song because I just as soon as I heard it, I just fell in love with it instantly. And because it, it's so, it just puts a different spin on an already like amazing mm-hmm. song. I just love them both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really like it too, actually. Like I, I kind of listen to them as if they are different songs, <laughs> but. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think they are. I, they just are. At I, least for me. I, I've always just assumed they are. I mean, if it doesn't sound the same, how can it be the same song? <laughs> yeah. But they add like extra dances in like kind of the start of that song in the other version, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I think the performance was actually pretty nice uh, because they mm. didn't. They sort of didn't have to focus on anything but just dancing to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I mean, it was essentially they were they were dancing to a pre-recorded song. Yeah, she's definitely not singing live. Right. Yeah. That's right. I guess we probably talked about this before because it's on the special editions of the IDZ single. Like, I'm pretty sure it's, these are the ones that look like the uh, drug campaign. <laughs> that one. <laughs> right. <laughs> So if you want the clean, uh, you know, audio that doesn't have any audience noise in it, uh, that's where this comes from. Mm-hmm. Th- there's a there's a part in the performance of Headbanger where, like on the recording, I guess it must be the background growl or whatever that says "key at all," right? And the that's that is a big audience participation point that that basically like they stop singing and the the whole audience, like you know, all of Tokyo Dome or whatever, says this. Right. Mm-hmm. Yells this back. Um, but I, I think we talked about this last time that um, they knew 
even in the footage from Legend and Corset Festival, they were already doing this. Like the audience already <laughs> knew what to do. Uh-huh. So, um, cause I think that's what got us actually talking about how long ago before that it had been released. You know, everyone yeah. had their special edition thing, but, right. but it had been performed a couple of times before. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of a fun part anyway. Definitely. So maybe we can sort of move to the lyrics if that's yeah. what people okay. want to do. Yeah. Um, okay. So the lyrics we have, um, the two, there's, there's sort of like the two sources that we usually um, refer to. So there's Enki Du's uh, translations on, on dometalblogspot.com. Those are very good, of course. And uh, then there's also, Dwayne Metal has a series of videos. This one is basically six parts. I think actually I'll, I'll kind of go mostly in the order that Dwayne Metal went through them because they're, they're actually really, um, you know, as usual, he's really thorough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... In his first part, he starts talking about the title, um, and in in Japanese, it's uh, you know it's Hedobangya, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously, that sounds like headbanger in in English, um, but it's also conceivable that the gya at the end is essentially like um, a word for groupie, <laughs> um, which so I think it's I think it's kind of a you know it's it's a twisting a bit of the English word girl, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, so band gal, uh, he was, he was thinking that it, that, uh, it, it kind of started from something that is derived from English band gal, uh, bang, bang gal, uh, which lost its L and became bang ya and then just ya. Um, and so, so at least his, his thought about this is that, you know, it might, the gya, the head of bang part might actually be something sort of like metal groupie. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which is interesting, I, and I think uh, we've talked about this before. But I mean, like, um, uh, there's there's uh, ambiguity everywhere. You know, we don't know what the answer is, and mm-hmm. it, the answer might be that it means both things. It does sort of feel like the plot of the song. It did. It didn't seem as much like a groupie following everywhere, but more like you know a special event for fifteenth birthday. Uh, and then okay, so then uh, the. The lyrics of the song basically uh, say something like, you know, legendary black hair, splendidly disarrayed. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's sort of talking about like holding tightly to this like discount train ticket that's going to get you there. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of cute. Mm-hmm. But there's a part that basically talks about going, you know, east, west, north, south, which um, kind of suggested to Dwayne Metal, at least, that it was kind of that it was a little bit like a groupie kind of chasing around after the favorite band traveling wherever one needs to go, um, which is hard, hard for us to imagine that someone might do that, but <laughs> yes, extremely <laughs> difficult. I can't relate. Um, yeah. Anyway, the, the, in the lyrics, the plan is basically to like fight and battle and dash to be like right in the center of the, what is essentially the mosh pit. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I think the Kyoto part, um, is essentially saying, you know, if you're, if you're going to be in my way, like get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> the word Kyoto is basically like, you know, remove yourself, right? Mm-hmm. One thing that's interesting if you watch the Dwayne Metal videos is he does sort of com- comment on the um, the kind of the style of the language, you know, that it's, the language is a little bit strange. And there are, there are places where um, it's not exactly vulgar, but it's kind of crude language. Right. In various places, you know, like talking about fighting, fighting to get to the, you know, the optimal spot. And there's actually a, a little section where they're talking about kind of stand up straight, don't move, bend backward, dive in reverse, lean toward the barrier, roll over, diving, like crowd surfing. Um, and all of this is kind of choreographed in a way. Like uh, apparently there is this, as part of this like visual K, which I've never fully understood this, but I mean like uh, visual K type music performance event there, there actually is a kind of a, a choreography to what the audience is supposed to do. And I think that's what's being referred to here. Like everyone's supposed to sort of like lean forward and back and so forth. Okay. So I, I didn't really get that. Well, then yeah, I've never seen Headbanger live, but now I know. If we see Headbanger, next time you go to a baby metal show and you see Headbanger, run left, run right, stand up, <laughs> lean back, jump toward the stage, <laughs> jump over the barrier, just send it. Yeah. Roll over the mob. If you're going to cry, just beat it. Yeah. <laughs> In the lyrics, there is some discussion of like, I mean, it's stuff like crowd surfing, but also this sort of like deep bowing worship motion that we definitely see the audience doing, right? Right. So 
In fact, when we talked about them introducing stuff like this on TV, um, at least in some of these things, that's what they were, you know, that's what they were telling the TV hosts about. Like, you know, okay, baby metal version headbanging is side to side. Right. And then there's this sort of deep bowing thing you also do, which they kind of also consider a, a different kind of headbanging. Must do it correctly. That's right. Exactly. But then, okay, so the, so the lyrics um, also talk about one fives night. I'll never forget. I'll sort of um, inscribe it in my heart <laughs> to keep this moment forever. Mm-hmm. Oh, the the one fives night thing. Uh, so this is another place where there's a bunch of ambiguity. And even even um, uh, Dwayne Metal's not completely clear on exactly all the stuff that this could mean. But uh, Ichi is one, Go is five, Ichigo is one five, right? So this is 15 and, and it says 15's night, like one five's night. Um, Ichigo no Yoru, whatever, right? Um, night of one five. Mm-hmm. But Ichigo is also the word for strawberry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and I think there was a, there's something else too that he talked about this. Oh yeah. Um, once in a lifetime as well. So it can also, it can also mean sort of like fleeting. Mm-hmm. So I think all of this stuff is it, like, it means all of that stuff at once. Right. I'd be curious to know how often in Japanese music, or I, I suppose most any Asian language music, this kind of thing happens where they do a play on words because it makes sense musically. Right. Mm-hmm. Where like changing the lyric to Ju Go doesn't really sound good, which I'm sure is in part why it's Ichigo. That's, that's way more rhymable, at least to my English brain. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I think it's also kids speak, I would think. You know, it's it's sort of... Maybe? I think I, there's probably a lot of sort of competing things that went into this, and I'm sure a lot of thought went into, you know, like, the lyrics here. But mm-hmm. so it definitely flows better, I think, as Ichigo, though. If it had been the other way, I'm not sure how I would view this all differently. I think you'd have to rewrite the song. Yeah. All right, so then um, the part, you know, the, the Kiado part and all this, um, it is largely about um like if you're going to be timid uh, or in my way you know get out of here <laughs> which i think is also pretty funny you know as a message it's like you know this is my night of 15 i'm it's, it's fleeting i'm going to remember it and you know god help anyone who's in my way <laughs> thinly veiled threat <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I would definitely recommend, as usual, going through Dwayne Metal's videos uh, because I think mm-hmm. I think it's really uh, it's really pretty interesting. Dwayne almost always has this idea that something in these songs ref- has some kind of old cultural reference. So, if you think about the song, there's a place where Mo and Yui are yelling "Koya," right? Yes, there's the verse is a call and response. Yeah, um, and so what what they're saying that so that's basically come on um that's what it means and and uh they're saying that in response to like on one side of the stage come on and then the other side of the stage come on and Dwayne has this idea that um this come on call is a, a reference to pro wrestler turned comedian takata nobuhiko um who always used a similar phrase and um i never know how much to believe Dwayne on this <laughs> See, I feel like them just yelling "come on" is a way of crowd participation. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, but I think like Dwayne's idea is basically that this is something that's kind of like seeped into the culture, and so like anyone who hears this will also kind of simultaneously think of this wrestler. Mm-hmm. But but he often does this, and there's a, a sort of similar thing he said uh, that he thought what's this guy's name? Z- Zakayama, who often uh, another comedian. Uh, Hironari Yamazaki, who uh, is referred to as Zakayama, uh, who is also a comedian, who says who. So okay, this is a different part of the lyrics, but um, uh, basically, there's that part I was talking about the choreography where they were saying like you know, uh, dive in reverse and then lean over the barrier and then roll over the crowd. There's a there's a connector. They say kara no, uh, and it basically means from, but it's translated as something like and then or next. You know, do this and then do this and then do this. And apparently this Zakayama guy was sort of famous for for this, for saying Karano. Sure. And, you know, so Dwayne is convinced that uh, that all these things are these cultural references, but but old ones, when Koba was growing up, kind of references. <laughs> which I kind of, which I can kind of believe, but at the same time, I do kind of wonder if Dwayne's really just uh, imposing a lot of his own brain on this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I feel like if Sue and Moa got... Sue and Moa, I guess you at the time too got any kind of say in the matter. I mean, I feel like 
Koba wouldn't be purposefully inflecting all that kind of stuff that into their music that wouldn't that they wouldn't even understand, you know? I know what you mean. I have a potential counterexample. Okay, let's hear your example because <laughs> I have a hard time explaining this. Uh, we know from an interview that they did with Sakura Gakuin at the end of Yui and Ma's time there, when they they had this um this video where one of the characters in this video was the, was essentially this little Ewok. Nobody in Sakura Gakuin had any idea what an Ewok was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the, the CEO from Tower was was interviewing him and he's like, oh, you know, like uh, there's an Ewok. And everybody sort of like looked at him blankly. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually the CEO guy said, all right, well, this isn't going anywhere. We'll just talk about something else. Yeah. But because uh, they were thinking, well, maybe it's like it looks like maybe a, a Yunano's dog <laughs> or something. <laughs> oh, what's there a small bear doing in here? Yeah. But um, what that means is they don't know anything about Star Wars, but Star Wars is infused through all of this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, I, I that's, a, that's a good analogy. So I kind of think that, uh, you know, Kobo will do what Kobo will do. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Regardless. That doesn't mean that Dwayne's right uh, about this, but it but it, uh, it does seem like there's there's quite likely stuff hiding in the lyrics that, uh, you know, go over the performer's heads <laughs> <laughs> or at least did. That's one thing that I think is really interesting about watching Dwayne metals videos is that you really feel like you, you get a sense for what, at least, you know, a sample of the audience who really has the Japanese culture behind them mm-hmm. experiences when they hear this. Yeah. Anyway, I don't think I had much more to say about the, the lyrics. It was just, I wrote a little synthesis of what it is saying overall. And uh, so I will read that now, but then I think that's basically all I had on that. Okay. So the song says, legendary disordered hair, crazy blooming ephemeral flower. Time's here, clutch ticket, travel widely, rush to center of pit, go left, go right, stand up, lean back, jump toward the stage, lean over the barrier, roll over the mob, head bang deeply. This is the special night of my 15. Crybabies beat it. I'll etch this fleeting woman into my heart. <laughs> That's about right. Yeah, the first part just sounds good. like every fan that goes to a show, that is basically what happens in the crowd. Uh-huh. <laughs> the instruction <laughs> manual. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Go crazy. I, I know I thought it was kind of interesting that um, it did take me a, a little while to to quite comprehend that Hedoban was headbang. <laughs> 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 okay, I, I, I didn't really click on my head either. What else? Anything else? Do you mean to go ahead and do my little announcement thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, attention, everybody, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this is my last podcast that I'm going to be recording using my voice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> let, let me explain. The problem is it goes deep. It's not that I... I love Bay Metal. They're still one of my favorite bands. It's just kind of boiling out for me and i don't want to completely get burnt out on baby metal i don't want to go the next five years and can't stand them you know so i'm just gonna stop talking about them and let myself go back to just enjoying their music um that being said is i'm still going to be here on the podcast server on the discord just like vars he's still around um i still plan on helping out with the twitter and everything um but my speaking role on the podcast is not something i wish to continue as for part two is that my overall reliability for being able to speak on the podcast will be going down drastically over the next few months, probably. I mean, I've really spoke about this in public, but I have people in my family who have health problems and completely unrelated to the virus that's going around is a nightmare getting into hospitals safely. Mm-hmm. So dealing with all that's just a whole another wave of stuff. So I think just my it'd be in everybody's best interest if I just stop talking on the podcast and helped out in any way possible. No, we all understand. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely miss your voice. Yep, agreed. Yeah, we'll and miss we you. appreciate the uh, uh, having had you on the mm-hmm. on the podcast up till this point. I, I I appreciate you guys having me. You guys were great. Mm. Everybody in the chat, um, Paul, Kevin, and Callie deserve the world. They do a great job. Mikey agrees. You hear him in the back. Uh, yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll miss him too. <laughs> please continue supporting us. Check out our website. Uh, yeah, often uh, I think if you see tweets, uh, Garrett will be responsible for those tweets. So. For the most part, so yeah. And not, and not from his bird, from him. Yeah, from yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully will mean fewer spelling mistakes because I will be tweeting less. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there might be more, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, so it's good to have said something so that uh, it's not just 
suddenly you're not here anymore. Yeah, I just don't <laughs> want to just like disappear. And there's no hard feelings mm-hmm. from me, and hopefully not from you guys either. It's just back whenever we started, like whenever I first tried to be on this podcast, I was playing in a band. I was recording music. My life was in a totally different direction. And then mm-hmm. about two months later, it decided, oh, t- turn around, backwards, go back. Yeah, and it's it's probably not a bad idea to occasionally sort of take a break as well. I mean, it's pretty intense. <laughs> it can be. I hope I hope I do not burn out, but uh, I can understand how one might. I think uh, your level of fandom, Paul. I'm not sure you can. <laughs> no, you're too far I invested. I can't see that happening. It's like buying three Volkswagens and saying you don't like a Volkswagen. I'm just gonna call you a liar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, you know, all the best from all of us, and yeah. uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll still see you around the the server, and to the extent that you ever want to hop in here, that's also always fine. Yeah, it's yeah. always a possibility. Absolutely. Yep. Maybe we'll do, uh, and I'll have some recordings of uh, Mikey, I guess. Right? Oh, <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, uh, uh, yes, them this, occasionally. This episode's recording's probably going to be a bit worse than they normally are. <laughs> but, all right. Well, thanks. And I guess basically then I think we can probably close off the episode unless there's something else that anyone wanted to say. No. No, I don't think so. We'll miss you, Garrett. Yeah, we'll miss you. Mm -hmm. I'll miss you guys too. All right. That's it for this episode. Uh, You can join us on the Baby Metal Podcast Discord to continue the conversation. Rating the podcast on whatever platform you listen on will help people find it. So please do that. We'll be back here in about two weeks. We hope you'll join us then. And until then, see you.